Hi. Oh, hi. Wait, that was weird. Let me try that again. Hello. It's not like I was going to interview someone. (laughs) Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department, a podcast about trends and how they define the world around us. The fourth installment of a mini series about online dating that just kind of, I don't know, <laughs> just kind of stumbled upon us actually. <laughs> like, actually, I think one of my friends had had sent me a DM. She actually slid into my DMs and was asking us about, you know, online dating trends in in like the 2000s. And it just kind of blew up from here. And that's, that's kind of how this all started. And then we just sort of started rolling out all these ideas. And it just, I don't know, it just blossomed. So, you know, um, anyway, that's where this came from. But um, this week, I'm gonna take us on a collision course on the new trends that have emerged in like kind of the new I guess the new decade that the millennials and now the Gen Z have started to make popular. Of dating. Of dating. Yes, exactly. Um, I guess it's it's some new ones and some are kind of updated ones of, you know, past, past yesteryears that they just kind of gave flashy new names. Um, (laughs) and you know, you guys, I always say this. So if you have a moment today, just while you're listening, please make sure to leave Amanda and I a star rating or review on Apple podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you listen to Apple podcasts or, you know, if you got the, if they got the app, Google the department, just, you know, it will pop on up there. I think we're pretty easy to find, you know, there's a little star rating. You can just press five stars and you know just you know (laughs) give us a little feedback tell us how much you love us um you know or just follow us on your preferred podcast streaming service also because you'll you know get notified of all the latest drops that are coming in um you can also find more content by following us on instagram at underscore the underscore department and for any show notes or contact info check us out on the interweb the department.world. And please send us your dating stories. Um, if any of the stories we've shared so far or that are coming down the road jog your memory, shoot us a story. You can call our hotline. You can send us an email that contains a voice memo that you recorded on your phone or computer. It's very easy. You can also send us your story as an email that you've actually typed out, and we'll give you a dramatic reenactment of it. It's really up to you. I, I don't think we've ever done that one before. so We haven't, but I, I feel like we could. Right. You know? Uh, I did a lot of theater in high school, guys. I don't want to brag. I have been in some musicals. It seems like we're we're asking for this. We are. It seems like we're Basically begging for are, this, right? Yeah. Um, we have a very special episode coming up next week, right? About just like yeah, you know, like loser dudes. So hit us up with any stories you have about those kinds of guys. Also, 
if there are any platforms or apps out there that you've been using to date that we haven't talked about, please reach out. We want to know. In this episode, we have two messages. The first is from Janelle, who I guess is at this point like a regular caller. I think maybe this is going to be her third call to the show. I'm not really sure. Um, Anyway, Janelle's call involves two online dating platforms and one person. (laughs) So let's give it a listen. Hi, this is for the department. This is Janelle. Um, Just was listening to your online dating episode part two, and I just thought I would share a story. This was when OkCupid first started. Um, I was living in Philly. I think it was actually when Amanda, you and I lived together and we were roommates. And I went out on a OkCupid date with this guy. I don't even remember his name. Um, We just went out to eat. And then I think just hung out in Clark Park, which is a big park in West Philly. And that was it. I didn't, wasn't catching any vibes from the date. But then it kind of ties into another part of the podcast that maybe a few weeks later, the person posted a missed connections on Craigslist about me and somebody, a friend of mine saw it and sent it to me because I had told her about the date and how it was kind of awkward. Um, anyway, I never followed up on the misconnection because there really wasn't any connection to be had. But anyway, that was it. I, I did two different OkCupid dates in the beginning of OkCupid and that was it for me. It wasn't for me. Um, but I do know a lot of, I, I know people who have found their their, their life partners from it. So it, it can work for some people, but okay. Thanks guys. Bye. Okay. So she went on a date with someone from OkCupid. They met up mm-hmm. and then he, he posted a, uh, a misconnection on Craigslist. Yeah. And I actually, I was listening to this message earlier when I was, you know, mixing it and I was, Dustin heard it too. And he was like, whoa, that is really aggressive. And I was like, yeah, it's like passive aggressive, I guess. But it's not a good look. Like if the date didn't work out, it just didn't work out. And like placing a misconnection ad isn't going to lure Janelle back in. I don't know. Janelle, uh, I remember this happening. This is when we lived together. And I also just have to say that uh, I'm just like Janelle where I'm like, I had two internet dates and then I quit. It's <laughs> just like totally yeah. my style. But I I feel like if I had gone out with a guy and he did that, I it would have left a bad taste in my mouth. It feels weird and obsessive mm-hmm. and like it's indicative of future bad behavior from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to have a lot of perseverance to do online dating. I did, went through so many periods <laughs> of going off and on just being like, screw it. I'm just deleting the whole thing or just, no, I'm not even touching this anymore. And then, you know, you know, three months later, four months later, five months later, going back, <laughs> just being like, all right, let's try it again. Like maybe there's a fresh batch. Oh, I mean, I, I get that. <laughs> maybe this I get time, yeah, the promise yeah. of like, of like weirdos not, not actually coming out to play. I mean, 
I actually, um, I think that is a really great question for the audience. And I would like love to hear what listeners have to say about this. Like, have you done the same thing where you go out a couple times and you're like, eh, quit and come back in a few months with, you know, renewed expectations? Yes. I'm sure people will say yes. Well, also back in the day, I think there was a lot more, you know, I'll, I'm going to talk about this in a little bit also is that there was a lot more fringe people and a lot more adventurous people that were trying mm-hmm. this out. It wasn't mainstream. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of like – I know. mean, trust me. I <laughs> personally don't have stories about some weird OkCupid okay dates, but I have friends' stories that you know might come up in this conversation today. It's hard for me to say. Uh, Kim knows the one about uh, diaper kinky. Yeah. And- <laughs> Should I just tell that story right now before we listen to the next message? Oh, my God. <laughs> Should we just, like, go with it right now? So a friend of mine was an early adopter of OkCupid. Um, and, you know, she lived in Portland where it's a, it was and continues to be a small city. Even though a lot of people live there, like, geographically, it's just not that big. So the odds of you seeing someone on OkCupid or having an interaction with them – and then, like, seeing them in person somewhere out in the wild are so high, right? And I'm sure it's the same now with all the other dating apps in Portland. And she saw this guy on OkCupid. I remember actually looking at the profile with him, and we were like, this guy is pretty much perfect. Like, he has the best taste in music and movies. He seems really funny. He's cute. I remember he was wearing, like, a cute sweater or something in his profile <laughs> photos. And we were like, yes, go for it. So – she it was liked- it was probably like like um like an ugly sweater <laughs> party oh, sure. you know when when it was when it was like an ironic ugly sweater party you're like yeah. oh how cool exactly. and ironic exactly. but really it was just like a really bad sweater yeah yeah we thought it was like hipster cool and he might have been hipster cool it's I will say, well, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but I'll just say he might be hipster cool. So uh, anyway, she likes him or whatever. And then, you know, they both get the message that they like each other. And he sends her a really long message, which she she's like, I want to see what you think of this. And I'm like, okay, okay. So she, you know, we pull it up in the computer and we're like scrolling through because it's like an epically long message. This is pre-smartphone era. So like you can pull this up on your razor, right? And (laughs) – I am reading it. I'm like, this guy is great. He is amazing. Like, this guy is the guy for you. And she's like, no, no, no. Read the whole thing. We get to the last paragraph. And I'm talking, this is like a 10-paragraph message, Kim. This is like an essay about how great this guy is. The last paragraph is basically like, okay, well, now that I've told you everything else about myself, I think it's really important that I tell you something that can be a deal breaker for some people. And that is that I am an adult baby. And that I get sexual satisfaction and excitement from wearing a diaper, being treated like a baby, and having someone be a mommy to me. I understand that this can be a deal breaker for some people, but hopefully it won't be for you. And then he – because at first I was like, oh, it's just a joke. He's just like – you know, it's he's ironic. And she's like, look at the pictures he sent. And then – there are pictures of him in a diaper, wearing a bib, in a weird high chair. Uh, he's, he's a he's an adult baby. And then she's like, Amanda, 
how did we miss his username? And I was like, I don't know. I don't even pay attention to those. She's like, look at his username. Diaper kinky. (laughs) And I... I'm still in shock. And so, you know, like I said in the beginning, in Portland, if you see someone on OkCupid, have any interaction with them, at some point you're going to run into them in real life. And we were outside a movie theater waiting to get in, and he biked by on his fixed gear wearing a cute sweater. And we both at the same time, not directed towards him, but just the surprise and excitement of it, we both said at the same time, diaper kinky? And he turned <laughs> and looked at us. Oh, my God. And we had to run in oh the theater. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, the kink is not excluded from the fashion. So, like, he can be fashionable and kinky at the same time. Right, right. And, like, listen, this is not to insult anybody's, you know, sexual taste or proclivities. Totally. Like, we, all, we all have things that we're into. Totally. But it was just really shocking. Yeah. Very, very shocking. And, and very uh, okay, Cupid. Like very that, okay, Cupid. That was a very, very okay, Cupid. I have seen so much weird stuff on these dating apps. I mean, because I've been on them for so long. I mean, I remember seeing what's that like half man, half horse thing? <laughs> a minotaur? Yes. A minotaur? Wait, that, what? Yeah, I've seen that. I've literally, you like, the, the, you would be. Is the unrealness of what you can see on these dating apps, particularly in New York and in LA, oh the my amount of weirdness that you're going to see on these things. It is, it. I mean, it is entertainment in itself. And mm-hmm. also like this strange, like um, character actors that you also see, particularly in LA, like any, <laughs> <laughs> any character, like kind of weird, uh, uh, kind of like man child character actor that you see on any TV show is on one of these dating apps. Oh, for sure. I will tell you that. that <laughs> my very brief f- attempt at dating on Tinder in LA, I was shocked by the number of people. I was like, oh, hey, wasn't that guy yeah. on blank? Yeah. Hey, isn't that guy in the laxative commercial? Yeah. Like, it is, they're all there and they're, they're all, all there. actors. And I tried dating an actor once and immediately I was like, this this is not for me. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> like yeah. not my scene. I mean, there's actually a. I remember in New York there was like um, an abnormal, an abnormally large amount of comedians on the dating apps. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. And you're like, oh, well, it was kind of like, like, oh, the choice was pretty bad. The comedians were kind of the best of the lot. There wasn't a lot of hipsters on there. So you're kind of like, okay, I'll go out with the comedians. <laughs> so you're just like trying out these comedians. You know what you're <laughs> reminding me of right now? And I feel like I knew you when this was happening to me in LA, but maybe not. Some guy had befriended me on Facebook because we had some mutual friends or something and had been commenting on the same post. And he was a character actor and he was also a magician. Oh, and yeah. do you remember this guy? He was no, no. like, oh, he was obsessed with getting me to go out with him. And one of my friends was like, well, because he was saying he would take me to the Magic Castle, which is a place yes. I've always wanted to go, which uh, for people who aren't familiar with it, it is a castle for magicians where they're doing tricks and it's really 
cool and weird. And it's very exclusive and hard to get to visit. And I was like, okay. My friend was like, if you want to go to the Magic Castle, just let this guy take you. And I was like, all right, you're right. Let's just see more about this guy. And so we started Googling this guy, and he literally is in every role he plays. He is some guy wearing a kilt who's like a murderer, a psychotic murderer. Uh, He definitely had some like vibes that he might ride a unicycle. And (laughs) there was just something – about the ick him factor. that I was the like, factor. yeah, I was like, like, so there's things that you can't unsee on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. I can't unsee someone possibly wearing a kilt on a unicycle. And he definitely wore, he was a little steampunky around the yeah. edges. No, thank you. Not my thing. No. And I was like, if I go to the magic castle with him, I'm going to end up having to fucking date him out of guilt. And yep. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to turn into a whole thing, Amanda. Like, um, you, you won't be able to, to get away. Block him. I had to block him on Facebook because – There'll be a stalking so, situation. Oh, you know it. He was way it. too obsessed with me already. It was mm-hmm. wild, the messages that he would send me. And I was like, you've never met me in real life. Like, this Weird. is insane. No, yeah. that's that's like a, Those are red flags right there. I yeah. mean, this, the steampunkiness was already a red flag right there. But then, like, the, the stalkingness – Oh. On a social media app without even knowing you is also a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, well, thank you, Janelle, for calling in again. And if you missed it, Janelle and I did used to be roommates. That's, I mean, we met, we both worked for the same company, but we've been friends for a really long time. And we do have matching tattoos. And I just feel like I need to, you know, tell you all that. It's just like on NPR when they run a story about Amazon and they have to be like, but, you know, Amazon is one of our sponsors. So, yeah, (laughs) you know, just trying to do the journalistic ethics here. Anyway, we have another message from Sarah. And this is not about dating at all, but it's actually super interesting because it's about the spark, which was the precursor to OkCupid. And I think Kim, it's going to answer a lot of the questions that you had about, say, the ass test, remember? So I thought this was really interesting. So let's give it a listen. Hi, Amanda and Kim. Um, I This is Sarah, and I just finished part one of the online dating um, episode of The Department, and so I'm a little behind. Um, but I just wanted to talk about the website you brought up, The Spark from Spark Notes, um, because that was <laughs> my favorite website in the early aughts when um, I was working um, right out of, like, two years out of college. I was working at a university, and I was the um, uh, coordinator, and I was just in this job where you had, like, a lot of downtime, but it could also get really stressful. And so the spark was like my outlet. Like I went on that thing like every day um, and then everybody in the office got into it. And so we were all really into it with the quizzes. Um, Definitely. I remember the sex quiz because that was one that you took. And at the end you would, they would tell you how many sexual partners you would have in your lifetime. So it was like a quiz asking about, like, your sex life and your sexual habits. And then it would say, oh, you um, will sleep with four more people or 50 more people. Um, So that was one. I think the ask quiz was um, just, like, 
rating your ass based on questions. Like how how good is your ass? I have no idea. That sounds about right though. Um but the best part of that website was the burn maker. And what the burn maker did was you would copy and paste an email and put it into the burn maker and it would turn the email into like an insult rampage kind of thing. So it'd be like it would have the original text of the email, but interspersed would be like these really crude and rude insults um, and just like random things in it. Um, so it was the best thing for working in an office where sometimes you would get like, you know, nasty emails from people or like upset people who, you know, um, just felt really entitled and things like that. And so it could be really stressful. And so we would put our responses into the burn maker and it was just like nonstop fun. I, I mean, I just was so angry when that site just turned to spark notes and all it was, was the cliff note stuff. And it became like, and they got rid of the whole, the spark part. Um, that was just such a goofy site. Oh yeah. And they had like the stinky feet project and then like the stinky meat project. The stinky meat project was like, tracking like how gross a piece of meat could get I think and like I think they did not and then they did another one the stinky feet project and I feel like that was similar it was just like photographs of the deterioration of a piece of meat I'm pretty sure um yeah so it was just like really goofy stupid things like that but like was just like non-stop enjoyment for someone in like a boring office job that could often also be stressful. Um, so, yeah, I was just so excited when you mentioned that website. I had no idea that they went on to do OkCupid, um, but I still think about that website and how much I loved it. So um, that's what I wanted to call in about. I appreciate this call in more oh than God. anything i like like having someone firsthand who remembers and like gives basically a time capsule memory of one of their favorite websites is just awesome yeah and this just sounds it sounds like everything that buzzfeed was yeah came from the spark was like ripped off from it but the yeah. spark sounds more fun and genuine i mean to be fair, you go back, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, and BuzzFeed was super fun. Like, remember how fun the quizzes were and stuff? And now it's like, I don't know what they're doing over there. Every quiz is like, answer these five questions, and we'll tell you what to buy a Victoria's Secret. Like, it's just so commercial right. now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all like clickbait. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, the burn maker. Oh, I know. my God. What that an is innovation. so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, thank you so much for calling, Sarah. This was, like, such a delightful surprise. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, should we jump into the episode now? Yeah. It'd be my pleasure. Okay. All right, so I'm going to be getting into Millennial Innovations in Dating. 
So, you know, millennials came of age during the digital revolution of the online dating industry and dating apps completely changed how we connected with people around us. Obviously, we've been talking about this, you know, over the past couple of episodes Mm -hmm. Um, and in theory gave us the opportunity to find more like-minded souls looking for a similar thing that we wanted. Through ever more sophisticated AI technology, these services have been able to data mine increasingly specific algorithms and compatibilities for better user experiences over from the aughts through now. And with these more specialized and hyper-customized approaches, consumer behaviors actually has started to change as well. So the stigma of online dating has been shifting from fringe to popular. We kind of talked about that. Also giving a better user experience with that less fringe and more adventurous as it became mainstream and culturally acceptable. Thus, it became easier to date more and more with the digitization of this platform of possibly millions of users. Choice became nearly endless and the choice, you know, became less fringe <laughs> as you're talking about you know less mm-hmm. of uh oh, oh was it uh diaper kinky you <laughs> yeah, know less and diaper kinkies <laughs> <laughs> you know um do you remember our first episode of the series when we talked about the paradox of choice and how these dating apps are sort of set up to actually lead to poor behaviors yes Yes. So I'm going to remind anyone, you know, maybe who forgot or who hasn't listened to that episode, the paradox about online dating is that with this many choices, you end up choosing no one. So your attitude is, why would I ever settle? Because maybe a better option is one swipe away. Mm, yep. So this obviously can kind of screw up a lot of behaviors. And as we kind of go through some of these trends that we see you'll 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 notice that it it kind of evolves some of those trends and some of those behaviors come from that paradox of choice all right so these apps completely changed the landscape of dating for millennials and all other generations for that matter and therefore started entirely new trends or adjusted and renamed old tiny ones uh uh, that we're going to talk about on this show this week that for good and mostly bad have forever changed the landscape. So um, there are tons, you know, I've done a lot of research. There are so many hilarious ones and sad ones, far Mm. more than I can cover. So I'm just going to kind of cover a few (laughs) and just highlight a few this week. So the first one, this is good old, big old ghosting. Uh, yeah, you can't skip that one. This is like the biggest one, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, it's sure. definitely the biggest trend to evolve out of online dating culture. Um, and it's definitely not anything new. Um, I looked at countless, even recent studies of millennials, and they all had one thing in common. The participants had all reported that 75 to 91% of them have been ghosted. Hmm. So it became such a buzzworthy topic right around the early to mid-2000s. Gawker, New York Times, all those other sites started to talk about what the millennials were adopting. And I remember thinking, oh my God, that's what that is. Yes, I remember this too. Because this was a thing that was happening. Yeah. It was just, it wasn't like, 
it kind of just slowly came out of nowhere. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, what is this? Do you have any stories, Amanda? Or just recognition? Rec- just recognition. I mean, I I got kind of ghosted by someone that I was dating. Okay, well, y'all remember Baxter, right? Yeah. Uh, Baxter and I literally lived together and Baxter ghosted me. And mm. this was my first experience with that where he literally moved out of our apartment while oh, I was crap. at work. And – I never heard from him again for like months. Then he called me in the middle of the night, like missed me and I went over to his house and we hooked oh. up. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But uh, that was like, it was very shocking to me, you know, uh, and it's super hurtful. And I was talking about it with some friends and they all had just like such, maybe not as extreme where they were like living together with someone, but it would be like, I was dating this guy for three months or I had just spent the night and like never heard from him again. And it made me realize then that this was this like emerging trend. Yeah, yeah. Like the like it was like the early to mid two thousands. I was like, what? And it, like no one had even defined it then. It was just Mm-mm. like, what is this? Yeah, it was just happening. Mm-hmm. So it really actually has been around forever and is as old as human interactions. So it's basically a form of avo- avoidant behavior. Um, Ghosting has become more and more socially acceptable amongst millennials, you know, across all forms of relationships, personal and professional. Um, It really has become more and more popular because of social media and Mm -hmm. just, you know, text messaging and, um, you know, online, like all just that interconnectivity. It's just easier to ghost and to just disappear. I mean, I have been ghosted so many times. I mean, it, it's un, it's unreal the amount of like you're just. I mean, it's kind of it's just kind of used to it. And I have also <sighs> ghosted many times as well. And I think it's so ingrained in the culture that it's mm-hmm. just become this insanely common occurrence. Um, Hinge went out and did a survey with their users regarding ghosting and asked them why they did it. So 40% of participants said they ghost because they didn't know how to explain why they didn't want to see someone again. Mm. That is, wow, that is so immature. (laughs) I know. And lazy. It is. It is. It is. It is. (laughs) Um, it is, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think it's just joint cultural laziness and we're all super, uh, it's, it's all our problem to just kind of have to fix ourselves. Almost a third of them said it felt uncomfortable rejecting them. Oh, I mean that, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to say that is what it is to be an adult. Yeah. Like you just have to have uncomfortable conversations. And I would argue that if you're uncomfortable telling someone that you're just not that into them or you don't want to date anymore, how are you going to handle like uncomfortable conversations at work or with your family or your friends or maybe someday when you have kids? Because it turns out that life is full of totally uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Interestingly is what the users say is how they would prefer to be treated when someone isn't interested. A whopping 85% said, tell me, 
rejection yeah, exactly. hurts, but I'd rather know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I would think. I do. I remember one friend telling me like, whatever, like, I'm glad that they ghosted me because I don't even want to have to waste my time having a conversation with them about how they're not interested in me. Now I have more time to go out and meet someone else. And I was like, wow, that is so not how my brain operates. I, I, I admired that to a certain level, but I would just wondered, did that person really mean that or were they just being tough, you know? Yeah. And I think, it, you know, it definitely, ghosting, it just really depends on, it's very situational. And I have found there's a lot of shaming articles out there and I've per- done it very occasionally because I felt triggered and I did not want to fr- have any further communication with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of these like real shame articles, there's a lot of them. I think are just a little bit heavy handed. And I think, you know, you really have to, you know, I think, I think you need to, I think some of these people need to step back and just take a broader look at circumstances. Um, You know, I also have done it because I have felt that it was so widely socially acceptable, but I do think in the future of taking another thought before being so cavalier about it, you know, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like there, unfortunately, there are going to be a few people in everybody's lives that they encounter dating that they, they can't have that conversation with. You know what I mean? Like, like that person's not going to take it well. Who knows how they're going to react? They may not even hear it. Yeah. I've definitely tried to break things off with people who just weren't having it. You know, it just, it didn't take, you know, and I, I see that there are situations in which ghosting is the only option, but I do feel like it's a little too uh, – there are many other times in which it's it's not necessarily – like I remember one guy being like, I had a really great time when we hung out, but you know, it's hard for me to imagine us being in a serious relationship. And I was like – cool. I really respect that you told me that, you know? Yeah, that's actually like, that a was really great. great, like, take note. I Very know. good response. I know. I mean, and hopefully. I was like, wow, you know what? Like, thank you. I really respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I mean, I think the, the ghosting, I've, I think it's actually been, it's, I mean, it's so prevalent in, you know, obviously romantic relationships, but it's also really prevalent in just, you know, just regular personal relationships. Oh my God. Waste your hand if you've been ghosted by a recruiter. Jesus. Oh my God. You want to talk about getting ghosted. I don't have a lot of experience being ghosted romantically, but man, recruiters ghosting you. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, I was actually going to talk about that, that professional ghosting is huge, but it's not even just on that side. It's also on the flip side I have personally had a lot of, I set up a lot of interviews um, trying to hire people and I get ghosted that when is I'm, tr- no, I'm try, trying to interview people. I believe it. So I had never encountered that until my one job, which I'm not going to name here, but we were trying really, really hard to find someone to be like director of marketing and like, or no, director of e-commerce. So it was a really tough position to fill because if you are a director of e-commerce somewhere else, you make a ton of money and we couldn't pay a ton of money. And so this was a job where we didn't even have health insurance. So it was a really hard sell, but we were ostensibly interviewing professionals 
adults, right? These people were applying for the job. Yeah. Ghosting for interviews right and left. Literally, it like was, you're sitting, you're uh, you're like, you're waiting for them to, to join a call. And they never show. <laughs> and they never up. show. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's wild to me. It has happened so many times. Like professional ghosting is a thing. And like mm-hmm. I didn't you know, I wasn't an adult, I wasn't an adult with a career before the online dating era, really. So I don't know if people were always ghosting professionally, but it's definitely something I've noticed in the last 10 years. It's it's huge. I mean, I have been ghosted in interviews just I mean constantly. I'd probably say one in five interviews. It's oh, huge. That is crazy. I mean, at the same time, like I I remember, for example, they brought me in to interview me at Nasty Gal. They were so pushy about getting me in right away. And then they ghosted me for six months. Um, so it's like – Anyway. Yeah. Ghosting, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not just for dating anymore. It's it's just – it's every it's everywhere. It's literally yeah. everywhere, I think. But it's also it's, – it's, it's friend relations. Like just it's dating. It's professional. It's literally <laughs> – Ghosting is just a constant thing. I think it's yeah. there's a lot of like there's a lot of just like busyness. There's a lot of just like everything happening all the time that it is just an easier world to ghost. Um, so there is a uh, a term called ghost busting that is a response <laughs> to ghosting. This is like and this is this is a trend, and it's essentially forcing a ghost to respond to you. And it's it uh, sounds really intrusive. I mean, I and feel it, like the the magician was it was is. ghost busting me. It is, yeah. That's that's exactly what he was doing. It's basically <laughs> spamming or continually texting or DMing someone until they respond to you. That's just crazy behavior. That is yeah. unacceptable as well. And like, I mean, real talk for all of you who are listening to this and who are like, "What? I think that's totally fine. They should. They owe me an answer." Like, if you have to go that far to get a response from someone, it's not worth your time in the first place. It's not place. worth it. Yeah. 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 It's it, it like a lot of people are like, well, I want closure. You're like, eh. you're not getting real closure it? though. Yeah. You're and you're losing your dignity. It yeah, yar. Yar. Um yar. so there's a yar. Um there's a subtrend called trickle ghosting or soft ghosting. AKA breadcrumbing. I mean, th- this one's like, there's like actually other names for this. I just, I'm I just like grabbed a couple. So mystified already. Breadcrumbing. Tell me more. Yeah. So this one, y- you can probably guess, this is basically the act of kind of suddenly stopping communication with someone only to come back in their lives every now and then oh. to lead them on. <laughs> Guys, this one, I feel this one so hard (laughs) the worst it's also being called it well in the olden times it was called being strung along (laughs) yeah but now we have a catchier name oh my god i i have so many stories there i'm sure you have them too one of the the best things about being married let me tell you is one of the when one of these breadcrumbers yeah. Slides into your DMs or texts you. You can just be like, oh, I'm married now. And they leave you alone. Ugh. I mean, there was one. There was one guy who was still 
really wanting to hang out with me. And I was like, this is so inappropriate. Like, we're not (laughs) friends and we've never been friends. And if you want to hang out with me, like, you're up to no good. Like, now you're excited about ruining my marriage or something. (laughs) You know? God. Uh, well, ghosting will never go away, obviously. I mean, it is just – it's just set up camp. Um, it has gained absolute <laughs> – absolute, so much popularity. Unless people are trained and educated in digital compassion, empathy, and behavior principles as a new culture shift. You know, like mm-hmm. these tendencies will not alter until basically us as a culture – decide to make a change you know like if the gen z culture essentially starts from an early age and decides hey we are not going to stand for this right i mean this is a tough one because uh i feel like we are very far away from learning digital compassion no uh i've been wanting to do an episode about trolling and Mm -hmm. internet fighting and stuff and you know someday we're going to do that but i mean this is all this is all in the same family of behaviors. And I just think there is such a wild disconnect that people have from people when they're on the other side of a phone or a computer. It's just yeah. like you're not a human anymore. You, I guess the other person is dehumanized by that digital relationship. Yeah. Um, so there will be shifts in different ways. Um, there are some relationship experts that are noticing that people, especially younger people like millennials and Gen Z who are experienced and savvy to the ways of the ghosting world, who just kind of have a thicker skin all around because this is basically a cultural thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, essentially we have started to build up a tolerance at an earlier age and we are just no longer so preoccupied with what we have done wrong because it just isn't anyone's fault and ghosting Mm -hmm. doesn't bother anyone in the same way as it probably did maybe like 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah, I think that's true. We've built up Mm -hmm. a callus to it. Mm -hmm. So not only that, that like ghosting, you know, is something that's just like tolerated more, but ghosting has like these, this, this evolution and sexual health educator and relationship expert Samantha Biddy told Global News that since ghosting has become a dating norm, something called gas lantern will become the new normal. Okay. (laughs) So Biddy describes gas lantern as when someone sends the last text, However, it is clearly not meant to elicit a response or move the conversation relationship forward. Essentially, the liminal space between ghosting and gaslighting. She says, with the backlash against ghosting, gaslighting is considered an evolutionary move. You can't be accused of ghosting if you sent the last text. I I mean, I actually kind of get it, where it's like there are these like cues where it's kind of just... People just kind of read into texting a little bit more at a, you know, in the Gen Z millennial. Um, so interesting. Demographic. They can kind of understand that, okay, this is it and move on. Especially in when you're in um, these dating apps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you like, so, I mean, some people do not know when to drop the bone, but some people just know, <laughs> all right, that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. Not going to move on any further. And, like, no one's going to keep p- picking it up because we're, this is not going anywhere. Right, right. 
Hmm. Um, but there are there is some good news, Amanda. Okay, good, good. Hinge has reported that 27% of users say they're ghosting less during the pandemic. Well, it's like they have all this time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, though, because that, that does also speak to, like, is – I mean, okay, at its core, ghosting is happening because someone's just not that into some someone, right? Yeah. But if you're busy, if you have a lot going on, which most people do uh, pre-pandemic, you know – it makes it even more important to just cut that off. Like, because you just don't have time to yeah. waste on someone you're just not that into. But during the pandemic, you have more time. So you're like, okay. Might as well have a pen pal, which we'll but, get into in a little uh, bit, by see, the way. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, <laughs> is there going to be some weird, like, hot vaccination summer fallout where all these people suddenly get ghosted really hard all at once it's super possible like ghosting just like spikes and like pen pals drop off ghosting spikes like (laughs) everyone's getting pals yeah (laughs) like like we might be seeing some crazy trends here yeah um so just right of ghosting is something called dial toning have you heard of this fun friend no, it sounds terrible though already. <laughs> so this is when someone gives you their number, but doesn't respond to you when you reach out to them. Oh, then why did they give you their number? <laughs> and a whopping 60% of singles have experienced this. Oh. And 35% sad. have actually done it, says Pop Sugar. So it just means that, you know, obviously there's just people that are just repeat offenders <laughs> who just do this constantly just give their phone number and don't respond oh my god yeah yeah that's dial toning that's isn't depressing that i mean isn't that why you're supposed to give out a fake number I, in the first place I yeah like just i don't know just ghost before you give out a number um <laughs> I don't know. Or just be honest. Um, and then th- there's another term. Okay. It, this one I've actually heard get thrown around a lot on all the recent dating trends research I've been doing. Um, it's called glamboozled. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So essentially, it. <laughs> it's all about getting glammed up to go on a date and then they cancel on you at the last minute. Oh, I mean, I You've have been friends glam-boozled. who do that to me. I have friends who do that to me. I yeah. get it. <laughs> and more than 50% of singles have been experience, have experienced this, according to this report that plenty of fish did. Oh, well, then you know, it's all a lie. We know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a data catfish. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Plenty of Fish also reports that 61% of singles report this other annoying trend called cosplaying. What? Um, it's basically when a casual relationship fizzles, but okay. then the person keeps kind of popping up asking for favors like asking you to go see their band play and shit oh my god i hate this so much 61 percent wow like you're i guess you're kind of friends now and so they're gonna keep asking you to like are you though not really (laughs) okay pen pals so pen pals are like really chatty ghosts 
Okay, they're the worst. I mean, I have only had one pen pal experience, but I feel like all of my friends who have been like dating, you know, in the past few years, pre-pandemic, let's take pandemic out of it, right? We're getting pen pals so hard all yeah. the time. Yeah, so hard. It, it, I think I actually think that the trend was getting worse and worse because pe- more and more people were trying out online dating apps. Like it was becoming a bigger mm-hmm. and bigger trend mm-hmm. in like 2018, 2019. And yeah. you know, um, it's a really weird phenomenon. Um, so you know, you meet someone on a dating app, you get talking and talking and talking. And talking and it literally just keeps going and they do not make a move and they evade actually meeting up like like they might even like they might go so far as to actually set a date and then they cancel like it's that kind of thing and they literally just keep evading these are pen pals and these people oftentimes are already in a relationship or they're kind of sidelining you they also might not be totally ready to date like, there's a lot of reasons for a pen pal. Um, mm-hmm. They might also be bored. Um, you know, <sighs> there's actually a ton of reasons for a pen pal. I get, I mean, it's so, it's such an interesting phenomenon to me because it's like, we just talked about how people are ghosting because they don't have time to deal with someone they're not that into. Yeah. And yet they're like, I'm going to have 9 million messages with someone. I mean, like the amount of energy people have to put into this pen pal phenomenon. I just – it's so frustrating. Like what is the longest pen pal situation you've had? Definitely. I would say – I mean, the pandemic may – I'd say a month. Yeah, that seems to be the that seems to be the going the going time period. Like very common. Before it's just kind of like yeah, it's so. It just is such a strange phenomenon. Like it's like they want the girlfriend experience, the boyfriend experience, without actually the in person part of it. Yeah, um, and it, it it just seems like I thought the one time that it happened to me was just like a normal thing, and I eventually I'm gonna be honest, I pretty much ghosted that guy because I was like, this is not mar- worth my effort. Like, I have asked us to hang out him to hang out like 50 times. This guy doesn't even live that far from me. <laughs> like, yeah. this is just so yeah. ridiculous. Um, and I have other friends though who are like four, six, eight weeks, they're messaging with this person all day, every day, and they never, ever meet in real life. I don't, I do, in the pandemic, I put up with it only because- We couldn't go see each other, right? Nothing else to do. (laughs) I said nothing to do. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll pen pal with like someone, but, but then it was just like, I don't even want to pen pal with anyone. Um, uh, but otherwise, I would just absolutely like, like that is just not not that's just like a waste of time. And you know when it, you know when someone actually actually is on the dating app to actually date because they actually ask you out right away. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like that's the point. That's great when someone's like, "Hey, would you like to go hang out?" It's like, yeah, yeah. There's a massive red flags when they are not. Like, just 
cut it off. <laughs> pen pals, pen pals are just they're they're basically sidelining you. Um, you know, and the, we talked about this like amount of choice, mm-hmm. and a lot of people what they're doing is there. There's so much choice that they are just kind of looking and holding onto a bunch of pen pals, and this actually brings me on to another trend that's called serendipitating. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. okay. Yes. And so nearly a third of singles have admitted to putting off a day and a time to meet for a date just on the off chance they meet someone in the interim who may be a better match. Uh, so the yeah, grass is always yeah. greener situation, also called serendipitating, mm-hmm. which is also one of the reasons why we might have a lot of pen pal syndrome. So there's like these people are also probably like they're not they're not ready to like maybe, I don't know, pull the trigger or something. I don't know. They're just like still swiping and there's like just a lot of serendipitating pen paling and ghosting oh, and just a bunch of stuff is happening because of the amount of choice that's mm-hmm. happening. And, you know, it's, it's kind of screwing up, you know, human nature. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Amanda, this one you're going to love. This one's really a really gross one that okay. I found. Um, okay. This one, it, 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 it kind of correlates to some pen pals out there. It's called roaching. Oh, okay. Well, already the branding uh-huh. is terrible. Yeah, the branding's gross. It's essentially when you find out that your partner hasn't cheated on you per se, but has been casually looking for someone else on the side. And <laughs> honestly, the easiest way to look for someone else is online. <laughs> but it's not exclusive to, to online, you know, dating or anything. Mm-hmm. Um and then they conveniently redirect the blame, saying that they didn't realize that you were monogamous. So this is called roaching. Oh, this is so <laughs> shitty. So shitty. Oh. Yeah, that's a common one. I actually have had some that's friends who have been like have found yeah, out roached. that they were they were, I don't know, associating with a roach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Roaching is actually a lot more common. Um uh, there's a lot of disgusting roaches out there. Ugh. And then there's um, this new one that I just found out about called flea bagging. Ugh. These all have great names. So this, well, this this is a new term that came out came out of one of my all time favorite series by Phoebe Waller Bridge mm-hmm. Fleabag. Um, and it's essentially making really toxic choices again and again and again. Um, Amanda, both you and I can definitely attest to this. It could be breaking up with someone <laughs> and getting back t- together with them over and over again, ah. or just constantly choosing the wrong men or women, just making bad relationship choices in an endless cycle with no end in sight. Um, and I think <laughs> obviously I could speak for both of us. We've both been stuck flea bagging ourselves uh, yeah so this is obviously something you do to yourself this is not something that someone does to you mm-hmm. um <laughs> and you have to you can get yourself out of flea bagging by being self-reflective and learning from your mistakes 
I mean, you can. Uh, it took. It takes me a really long time to get out of such it, things. Everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it. You can. It just takes a very long time. You have to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it takes therapy. It takes yes. a lot of. I mean, it, it's ju- it's just hard. Like, listen, it's really hard. I, I want to remind you that I was involved with someone who had raccoons in their home on a regular basis until like a week before I got married. I mean, I wasn't romantically involved with him for a long time, but our lives were still too entangled. He was, he was like an emotional pen pal. um, And Mm -hmm. I didn't even have the time for that when I was living in LA. Like, let's be real. You know, think about how much we were working at nasty gal. Uh, I, uh, it's interesting when you have been flea bagged or flea bagging yourself for a really long time. I'm sure you'll relate to this too. You you yeah. feel angry at yourself. You are angry at your past self for mm-hmm. putting up with that shit and wasting your time. You're more angry at yourself than you are at the idiot who you've been going back to time and time again. Right. Absolutely. It's very it's a very hard it's a very hard thing. It's a hard habit to break. I mean, I'm not even sure I broke it. I just happened to be married to a, do- a dude who's not terrible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you. D- well, you, I mean, I think there, you made you definitely made some good life choices. Yes. So you definitely you you didn't flea bag yourself. No, I didn't. But I you feel ch- like that was a very lucky situation. And you recognized <laughs> some some things, and you know, I did I did some 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 deep soul searching in myself mm-hmm. to de flea bag myself. Mm-hmm. Um, to meet someone really wonderful and, you know, to remove the flea bag uh, tendencies. <laughs> but, you know, um, we are going to talk next week about some of the reasons why we have some of these tendencies that actually do come out of some social cues and pop culture and mm-hmm, some, mm-hmm. some different, some things that aren't, nece- m- you know, may n- might not be necessarily past traumas and things like that. that right, that, right. Are some of the reasons why we might be might flea bag ourselves and why we allow ourselves to to allow some of, some of these behaviors to seem acceptable? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of excited to have that conversation with you. Yeah, me too. I think it'll be really interesting. And I've been thinking yeah. a lot about how your friends also kind of enable you in these situations. And so I think it'll be great for us to talk about too how, as a friend what you can do as well or what you shouldn't do. Like you shouldn't be like they're acting this way because they're intimidated by you or they're afraid of their feelings or all that other nonsense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Anyway, flea bagging. I mean, I'm sure, you know, we have friends that, you know, do the same thing, go make bad choices over and over and over again. And we've made bad choices. It is, it is exactly like the TV show, which if you have not seen it, Drop everything and go watch it. Yeah, it is seriously, phenomenal. So good. It's on Amazon. So good. All right, the next one is cuffing season. Oh, I've heard of this. So this one I have heard of, but I didn't really know what it meant. <laughs> you thought it was like a kinky thing. I yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't exactly know what it is, but essentially, it's the time period between October and March when people settle down into committed relationships. Basically hunkering down for the winter. It is also an escape from being single for the holidays. It gets Mm -hmm. its name from handcuffs and is literally a winter dating phenomenon. 
It sounds so gross to me, but it's a real seasonal dating trend. And I'm sure I've actually done done something similar, who knows, um, <laughs> in the past. Um, you know, it, it popped up in, in 2011 in Urban Dictionary. And then in 2013, we started seeing it pop up in the media as well as songs and then slid into meme culture. And it just kind of, the cuffing season was a very popular um popular uh, phrase. So there's also something called decuffing season, which starts out when it gets warmer, like in like May or August. And then you kind of decuff. God, it's so gross. I mean, this is in Portland. This has been a phenomenon long before there was a name for it because Portland is like notorious for how just grim and gray the winter is. And so around mid-October, the rain comes and it doesn't really leave until around Memorial Day. And you see people get into these like rainy season relationships. Then summer comes. It's, it's just a few months but there's no rain and the sky is blue and people go berserk. It is wild. (laughs) And everyone wants to be single for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, People are people. (laughs) People are people are people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. I feel like that. um, I feel like it it definitely is a trend that everyone has recognized to the point. There's like a schedule that people have made where it's like scouting seasons, like August 1st to the 31st. Drafting season September first to the thirtieth. Tryouts is October first to the thirty first. Insane. Why are people so terrible? I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that of all the years I lived in Portland, I never had a, a partner, a romantic relationship during the rainy season. So, just wanted oh. to say that I remained single okay. for most. So of you it. have not fallen for the no, cuffing season. No. Uh, in fact, when Dustin and I were together, I was like, well, this is like the first time I've been in a relationship with someone like over the holidays in a very, very long time. And I was like, what do you do about like holiday stuff? Like, I don't even know, you know? So Ooh. anyway. Yeah. Maybe I missed out. I spent a lot of times just riding my bike in my ra- in the rain alone. <laughs> Which is sometimes kind of nice. Fine. I think that uh, being yeah. single is wildly underrated. It is. It is wildly underrated. Um, so, Amanda, have you ever slid into anyone's DMs? <laughs> um, no, but people slide into my DMs even now. Remember I was telling you how weird dudes will message me on Instagram asking me if I'm looking oh, for like a right. sugar daddy. And I'm like, wow, I'm like really old. Like, I guess <laughs> if you're really old, then you're a lot older than me. So I seem like a young thing to you. But – I get a lot of weird messages from older dudes uh, sliding into my DMs because my Instagram is public. Yeah. (laughs) That is so odd. So odd. Um, So obviously, I'm sure most people already know what this is. Um, You know, this is getting in touch with someone to flirt via the direct messaging function. On Thanks Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and this one really kind of eluded me. I think it's definitely a generational thing. Um, I feel like it makes a lot of sense if you are in school 
um, you know, maybe someone who's like in the teens or college kids, it was like super relevant then. It's like, it's like a really ballsy, but I also think it's really common. You know, it's maybe like really cultural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this has been a meet cute for some real romances, um, including uh, not one, but two Jonas brothers. Oh, really? Did you know that? Wow. Yes. I mean, that's ballsy. So, Yes, Joe Jonas and Nick Jonas both met their significant ladies by sliding into DMs. Wow, that is like so you know nothing I would ever do because I would feel <laughs> like such a creep. You know, like I am way too concerned about being creepy or embarrassing. Uh, but maybe I – well, I mean, I'm not really looking to slide into anybody's DMs right now, but – you know, right, maybe right. just something that I should keep in mind as like a life lesson that it's okay to be creepy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, apparently it also is a trend for older men too. Apparently. But they also might be cat. They might be catfishers too. You never Imagine know. Imagine someone catfishing you as an a sexy, an unsexy older man. Like, what's the catfish I, that they're super hot underneath? Because that, I will maybe the cat, maybe the catfish is like you wouldn't believe them if they were super handsome. I mean, listen, I would love to believe that catfishing has gotten that sophisticated, but all the catfishing I read about or see on television shows is never that good. Mm. <laughs> the person is always way mm-hmm. too sexy. Or this is another phenomenon incredibly face-tuned where you're like, is that an alien or a person? Oh, So mm-hmm. much of that. I don't know how anyone gets into a relationship with someone whose face is like a weird, like the gray aliens. <laughs> 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 okay. So I found a few funny new terms um, that Vogue had. Okay. All right. So one's called Rossing. <laughs> and... Uh, Vogue describes it as it's 2020, but we're still not over Ross and Rachel's break. In fact, millennials are bringing back the 90s with this dating term, wherein you're dating someone new, but find out they're still on the apps and hooking up with other people, even before you've had the chance to to define your relationship. On to the next one, we say. Wow. Okay, I like that one. I mean, this is such a gray area when you're when you're like you you've just started dating someone and you know you haven't DTR'd early mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. but they're also dating and hooking up with other people like that. I mean, that is it is like a real that's I mean, a toughie. Oof, I have had this happen to a lot of friends. Totally, yeah, it's stuck. really it's a really scary time. Yeah, period. yeah, it's it's. A very scary thing. I, as we're talking about this, man, I'm just like so glad I don't, I can't date anymore because I'm getting anxiety. I know that feeling. It's giving me anxiety. Yeah, of like, about it. I'm like, I never. Someone bleh. and being like, are they on Tinder right now planning to hook up with someone right. else? And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's rough. Right. Because that, that's like a real thing. That's like a serious thing. It's like if they, if you're, if they're like, a reasonable normal person they're not like running around just like cavemen just hooking up with tons of babes while also you know whining and dining like and 69ing <laughs> were you gonna say whining dining 69ing? yeah right 
Wine died in 69, Amanda. Mm. Okay. So woke fishing. Now, Amanda, you're gonna you're gonna recognize this okay. one. Um, Vogue explains this one. If you think you just met the holy grail of forward-thinking guys, think again. Because woke fishing, it's when someone pretends to hold more progressive thoughts than they actually do, either as bait for more matches or because they just don't know any better. But hey, at least it makes their bio look good. See also dog fishing, which is using one's pet to reel in more matches. Oh my gosh. And of course, you've experienced with this, this guy um, also in the hipster episode, which, which you had like the woke sexist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know it too well. Very similar one. Um, and then the last one is the basically, you know, the new dawn daters. So post-pandemic dating will be real and it will be big. And the pandemic may have converted the last of the online dating app skeptics Mm -hmm. as well as turned over some relationships, creating some new demand for some hopeful romantics looking for new love. Um, So this is called the new dawn daters, they're calling it. And the new age of online dating is about to begin, Amanda, and it is about to get hot and it's about to get heavy once people are vaccinated. So look out. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm sure it's going to be wild out here in Amish country. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to get to experience this hot dating time. Actually, I just, I really hope that I don't because as you've been going through all of these things, it takes me back to when I was dating. I dated for so long. I was single for so long. And the anxiety and stress of dating is just something that I cannot handle. (laughs) Like it is so consuming. It consumes so much of my emotional and intellectual energy that it makes it impossible for me to accomplish anything. Like I think if the pandemic had struck and I would be I had been single. I definitely wouldn't be podcasting right now. I'd be having like 9,000 conversations with dudes on the internet that were going to go nowhere <laughs> and that would constantly make me feel paranoid and, and bad yeah. about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I just can't handle it. And I I have friends who I would say are 10 times more anxious about dating than I've been and to hear their because like I guess I'd say my anxiety about dating is an internal process, an internal monologue, so no one's hearing it. But you know you have those friends who it's like it's all coming out all the time. <laughs> like, Willie texted me. He didn't message me. It's been five minutes. Do you think he's talking to another girl? Like, you know, I called him last night and he didn't answer. He declined the call. Do you think he hates me? What's going on? Like, you, we have people in our lives yes. like that. <laughs> and I would always look at those people and I'd be like, you know what? They're way worse off than me because they have to say it out loud. Yes. Yes, I mean, <laughs> but uh, oh God, I just I I don't I can't handle it. I I find that it really it's very self destructive for me. I drink a lot when I'm dating. Oh, because of the stress and the anxiety. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that actually, yeah. And then I do dumb stuff like hook up with guys who have raccoons. R- right. We also yeah. just like trying to like calm your nerves, and it makes you yeah, absolutely. That makes yeah. absolute sense. We all agree that that dating is is very, very scary. Yes. And I want to say that, yes, 
we have been pretty hard on online dating so far, right? I know. Well, and I mean, I have literally been online dating for like 20 years. So you, so you know. I will say I did very little dating pre the era of online dating because you know, we were too young, right? And I remember that dating was very stressful then too. And the catch was that it was a pre-cell phone era. So I could sit at home in hopes that someone was going to call me. Or I could go somewhere and sit there the whole time wondering if they had called me. And then when I went home, be very disappointed when I checked the answering machine and there were no messages. You know, like I I know this feeling too, but I feel like online dating made it a lot worse. Like yeah. I just think because everybody is shopping all the time and so – like, of course, people are going to be even more non-committal, and I I get that. Like, if I'm going to buy yes, like non-committal, if I'm going to buy a scanner, I have to spend two weeks reading all the reviews for that scanner all over the internet <laughs> and have it in a cart on like ten different websites. Right? That is how a lot of people are online dating, and I get that. And like. <laughs> cart in different websites. Right? And it's a scanner. It's not someone who I might potentially have to, like, marry or reproduce with, you know? It's a scanner. So, so I, I get why online dating is so wild, you know? Um, and I just think that uh, I can't handle it. But like I said, I don't think I could handle dating before online dating either. I am just like – too anxious for dating. I don't think anyone can. I feel like I don't think anyone's happy with it. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've, I don't think I've met anyone that enjoys. Do you it. think? Okay, because I will say that's a really interesting point right there. Because I was anxious all the time when I was dating, and I hated it. And I would find that dating people, dating the wrong person, was the fast track to me just like having a terrible, miserable existence. Uh, even though love is supposed to bring you all these other joys and delights. And I kind of reached a point in LA when you knew me where I was like, I don't really want to date people anymore. Like I'm really happy being by myself. Uh, but do you wonder if that's why people are so driven to get married so they don't have to date anymore? Yes. <laughs> is that really what they're yes. going for? Because it's sort of like, for a lot of people, there's a binary of either you can deal with dating hellscape or you can get married. But I would I would offer up the third option, which is just like having a really nice life that is all about you, you know? I mean, absolutely. I, I think – I'm curious what people think of, you know, now that the pandemic is over, after that, like they've been forced to be with themselves – for like over a year, you know, like single people, if it's that bad. Yeah, I I would wonder because I have to say when I was like, I'm not going to date anyone anymore um, and didn't for a couple years, I was like, wow, I am like having such a good time right now. Like I hang out with my friends whenever I want. I do all this cool stuff. I feel like I have more money. Um, I have all these hobbies, you know, like on and on and on. Uh, 
when I met Dustin, I was sort of like, like, you know, I just really am not like looking to date anyone. And I was very blunt with him where I was like, my life is actually so good right now. There's no incentive for me to date someone. Uh, Right. You finally met yourself and you finally started to get like, so you started to like, like yourself and love yourself and like, like enjoy things, like have hobbies and (laughs) Like you, like you finally started to, to, to find things, you know, and not, not try to do things for other people. Yeah. And it was awesome. And then I met Dustin. We, you then know. you met Dustin. But well, I, and, but, and that's, times, and that's when it happens. It totally is. And many times when we first started dating, I was like, Hey, like, I think you're great, but like, you know, my life is so great. I don't want to jeopardize that. And I kept being like, you're going to have to really campaign if you want to be in a relationship because I'm just not interested. But he tried really hard and he stuck it out and look at us now. So I guess what I'm saying is that like if you're out there and you're online dating and you're having a bad time of it, take a zero. Just take a break from it. Do something else. Mm -hmm. If it's meant to happen, if you're meant to meet someone at that point, it's going to happen when you're at your best version of yourself in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Which hopefully you were able to work on yourself during the pandemic. Yeah, hopefully everyone did, right? Yeah. I mean, that's hopefully. my hope. I hope that everyone wasn't just like having 97 pen pals on Tinder when they could yeah. have been like reflecting and evolving and getting new interests or I I don't know, picking up a new hobby that taught them new skills or changed their perspective on life. I'm not really sure, but I hope that everyone wasn't just pen palling around for a year exactly i'm so depressed thinking about that (laughs) i mean i did i I do i do have to say that you know of all the apps i did try i think i might have said this on another episode of all the apps i did try i did think hinge was the best so if you haven't tried that one try that one i have heard and this is not from firsthand experience. This is strictly second or third hand. That if you're really looking to get serious with someone, like that's your end goal, Match.com is good for that too. Gotcha. Yeah. So if that's that what just you're seemed looking like for. so like straight laced. I know. I assume everyone on there is really square, but who knows? You know, not don't knock it until you've tried it. Um, I also just like. I'm the kind of person where dating for me, the end goal is not to get married. Like I've never looked at it that way. So uh, a place like Match where people are serious about that would freak me out. Maybe mm. I am just some pen pal and flea bagging fool. Yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? You might yeah, be. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Dustin was able to, t- to tame the wild beast. I guess so. I guess so. Well, I learned so much tonight, and I hope all of you did. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about just, uh, dudes who suck. <laughs> yeah, but like as the like trend a, as like a cultural trope that yeah, has exactly. like wormed its way into our brain. Exactly. Yes. So we'll be back then. Uh, thank you, as always. Thank you. Mm-hmm.